What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap. Duke, Brandon, and Lucas look forward to putting their meat on the table in 2021 and beyond. Football is finally here. Like, it's it's officially here. Football season is back, and we are here to cover it for you. Obviously, we don't know if he's in quote-unquote football shape, but me personally, I think he's going to come out super rejuvenated and just absolutely eat people alive. Okay, dude, you've been feeding us the same crap for three years now going on four. Like, until we actually see this, we need to stop giving Matt Nagy the benefit of doubt that it's just going to happen. Listen, it's chicken or egg at this point. We're back. I am all the way reeled in on this team. I don't know how they continue to do it, but Justin Fields is our quarterback, and there is nobody on God's earth that can tell me anything otherwise that this team is not trending in the right direction. We ain't leaving. We ain't leaving. <laughs> You're such a jack. We ain't fucking leaving! What is going on, everyone? And welcome back to Bears on Tap. You can go ahead and follow us at that handle. Today, we are talking about the Bears kind of thumping the lines a little bit. Um, nothing better than getting right for the Lions. I was wrong. I thought they would have had a little bit more fight in them. They are a scrappy team. But if you want to go ahead and give us a follow, I'm Lucas on Tap. You can follow me there. And you could also follow that pod guy, Duke Duke Coughlin. How we doing, buddy? Oh, dude, damn good. Any Anytime we can get a Bears dub is uh, a good Sunday for me. Um, as much as we might not like that guy, um, might not like the guy in charge of the team, you know, can't complain with uh, the effort that we brought today. Um, you know, as our boy B-Don, who obviously isn't with us today, um, w- would like to say complimentary football wins football games. Yeah, and I just want to kind of start it off. The Bears lined up in 13 personnel, um, and this isn't going to be a show where we just talk smack about Matt Nagy. But the Bears lined up in 13 personnel to start the game, um, really downhill attack, a lot more max protection, play action boots. So it's very good that Matt Nagy learned that. But I just kind of saw a lot of things out there saying, like, how it's, it's you know, um, nice of him. Or I guess it, it gives him a point for fucking turning over play calling duties, which I'm sure he was forced to turn over play calling duties. Uh, the team played with a rejuvenated energy on both sides of the ball. And I think that's because of some of the switches that were made, some of the conversations that were had at Hollis Hall. I don't know how much Matt Nagy influenced them. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's not a good salesman. He's, he seems like a good guy. I'm not, I'm, you know, he does seem like a good guy, but he also is a cocksucker. So there, there's that aspect of it. I don't know, but the thing, the offense looked completely different, not nearly as many static routes. I did see some hook and curl concepts, but for the most part, we saw a lot more of the things that Justin Fields does well. And Justin Fields was extremely impressive in today's game, to be honest. Yeah, dude. And, uh, Let's be real, man. The offense didn't get too fucking cute at any point in this game, and it was obvious. Um, by the only play was the fucking flip, the flip uh, to Marquise Goodwin. They like had a pitch with Marquise Goodwin in the backfield, which I yeah, just- but but see, if you do that like once a game, I'm fine with that. Like that's okay. That's like the bubble screen that we set up. I believe it was on a second down to Damian Williams to the left, and that was after we had already established the run game. 
Like, I don't mind doing, you know, bubble. I don't mind doing a bubble screen. I don't mind doing curl routes. But you have to be able to set those plays up by taking shots down the field and being able to run the ball effectively. Like, there, it's it's complementary football, like you said, on offense, you know. It's it's something that needs to continue to be seen. Um, And that's something that we just saw in play calling, you know. I think it was a collaborative effort between Bill Lazor and John Filippo because uh, – Filippo looked like he was armed to the gills with some play calling sheets and all that too. So it looked like they kind of worked together. Probably, uh, you know, laser was, or flip was laser's eyes on the sidelines as laser likes being up in the booth. Um, and you could tell Matt Nagy really wasn't talking too much during the offensive uh, play calling or the offensive drives. It kind of seemed like he kind of had his hands in his pocket, paying attention to the football game. And, you know, as we've said, even before we completely jumped off the Matt Nagy train, we always said if Matt Nagy could just sit back and watch the football game, things will probably go a lot better. He'd be able to focus a lot more on the in-game decisions, on kind of uh, when to go for it, you know, when to kind of uh, be strategic. When to call a challenge. Yeah, and I mean that was that challenge didn't end up panning out. I mean, I I'm not as mad about that challenge as I am some of the challenges we've seen in the past, but you know, still it, it still seemed like he was a little bit more honed in compared to him being way too focused on his damn play sheet, probably being way too focused on just Justin Fields. He probably got to look at the entire offense and how everyone on the field looks on the given on uh the game. So it, it seems like it all just worked out for the best, you know, and the numbers aren't sexy or anything like that, but damn it, they did the job. You know, you had a running back who ran over a hundred yards, David Montgomery, you had Darnell Mooney who went five for one twenty-five. You know what I mean? Had seven targets on the day. Allen Robinson caught some big balls as well. How many you know, uh, targets did the tight ends have combined? Um, Komet, Komet had three. So there's three targets for the tight ends. Yeah. And Goodwin didn't get anything going either, but I mean, and like, and like I said, like these numbers don't pop off the chart or anything like that. And we obviously ran the ball a lot more than we threw the football today, but that's exactly how you want to use the rookie quarterback. Anyway, you want to ease them in. You know what I mean? You, we didn't want Justin Fields to go out there and throw 40 times a game because there's a good chance we're probably losing that game at this point in Justin Fields career. But when you get him to throw 17 times and 11 completions for 209 yards, that's a pretty damn good Dude, average per reception. You know, He I mean? was just efficient. It, he was just efficient. That's what it comes down to. I saw some people floating out there that he made a late read, and that's why the ball got tipped. Get the fuck out of here with that. Like, the ball got tipped and it got picked off. I'm not going to put that on Justin, even if he was a little late on his read, which I can't definitively say, especially before the All-22 comes out, which is just completely a fucking mystery at this point. Um, and when, they're, when they drop it, it's just insane. But his accuracy is on a different level. And we've talked about this many times and bringing up Mitch. Mitch had a touchdown today, being a Mitch podcast and liking Mitch, but knowing that Justin Fields will elevate any offense more than Mitch Trubisky will. He puts the ball on a fucking dime every single time. Even his misses are are good misses. Like there's never a point where you're like, you see a, a, a open receiver streaking down the field. There is never a point where you think he's going to miss that guy. If he has time, and he has the guy open, he's going to make the play. I think it's just come come down to that point. He showed it all throughout OSU. And someone came up with a really good point on Twitter the other day uh, saying that he's more of a Russell Wilson. He Russell Wilson isn't someone that gets the ball out of his hands very quickly and does the short no. He likes the home run ball. And when you have someone that throws the ball with that kind of velocity, there's no reason you should have them having these quick hitch, quick read, bullshit routes going anyways. So I, I really – from what I saw from Justin Fields today, I'm 
it's extremely promising for the future. And I, I love seeing it. Obviously, last week was a throwaway game. This is the Justin Fields that I think we can get used to being able to make those chunk plays and get the Bears down the field and then put in Dave Montgomery's hands and let him go to work, which, I mean, we got to mention, he went down with a knee injury today, and that's uh, that's a really tough loss, even though Damian Harris looked pretty – or Damian – what the fuck? Damian, uh, pl- Damian, Damian Williams. Williams. Yeah, I don't know why I mixed him up with the guy from New England. Even though Damian Williams looked really, really nice after he went out in his absence. Um, but that's a tough blow. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, I do I, I do want to highlight real quick because the just uh, the Russell Wilson comparison is one that I've been using essentially since the draft process. I really like that comparison, and um, I think we saw a lot of that too because Russell Wilson thrives on crossing routes that go to the sidelines, and uh, specifically on that first Mooney ball deep for uh, Fields. That's really his bread and butter right there. When you can move around, when you can move around to the sidelines and have a guy just kind of streaking across the field that'll meet you about at that point, like that's so hard to defend unless you have a like a a corner and cover two just kind of sitting on the flats or something like that but if that's man-to-man coverage that's essentially telling darnell mooney to run faster to the middle to the or run faster to the sidelines than the other cornerback and nine times out of ten that's probably going to work out really well and that's something that russell wilson does with uh tyler lockett quite a bit and that's why him and tyler lockett usually work out pretty damn well but you're right you know he goes for the home run ball but um to david montgomery point man i i don't know anybody who watches this team you know nor like as consistent as we do that uh, didn't hold their breath the second they saw him go down, man. Seeing a guy like that who has been so important to our offense in the past, and especially today, 23 carries, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. Like, he was running hard today. And he's that's what exactly what he wanted. He wanted to be fed. To see him down in pain like that, it's just – it's really a shame. Um, you know, I kind of have a little bit of a hot take on this where, you know, I understand probably the tough guy persona in him wanting to walk off the field under his own power, power maybe to – keep his teammates up or to keep his uh keep the fans up and stuff like that but from what we heard it was a pretty nasty injury um and if it's that bad you know as a training staff it's your responsibility to uh tell david montgomery to stay on the ground go get the cart you know what i mean like we all we all love we're all bears fans we're all you know we're all used to like tough guy meat on the table lunch pail fucking guys you know who can bust their fucking knuckles but you know, I think there's a coach, Jason Brown, who used to say a line that I loved. It was really a line that he lived by. And it was, you know, hate me now, love me later. You know what I mean? Like Dave Montgomery's going to hate you for telling you, telling him to stay on the field and to go get the cart, but he's going to love you later when he doesn't have an extra three months on his recovery. If it's something serious, you know? So obviously we're all hoping it's nothing too serious to David Montgomery. Damian Williams did look really explosive. He looked like a guy who was making the most of his opportunity. And uh, this is going to open the door for a guy in uh, Khalil Herbert as well. You know, um, I we still don't quite know when Tariq Cohen is going to be back. I have heard reports that he would look he was running around on the sideline today. He's two weeks um, away from being eligible. I believe he's got to miss two more games. Yeah, but if if David Montgomery does have a significant injury or even even a you know halfway significant injury, he doesn't have to be rushed back because Damian Williams played really well today. As long as we stick with the run game, Cleo Herbert, it's very good that we have him on the roster right now getting NFL reps so he'll be ready if he needs a bigger workload. And obviously a guy like Tariq Cohen out of the backfield is going to be big as well once he returns. Yeah, I mean, those guys are all great. But David Montgomery is the heartbeat. And I think that there is part of that, um, him wanting to get up and walk off to keep them in the game. Because I've seen, you know, 
a lot after a lot of people get injured, you feel bad, but this was a different, different reaction. Everyone was kind of like their stomach dropped to their asshole and it was just not a good feeling at all. You have to hope it's a hyperextension or something along those lines. But realistically, when you think about it, that's kind of when Detroit started pushing back, you know, like that's like, that was like their opportunity. It was like a chink in the armor. I think he is the heartbeat of the offense, even with Justin Fields progressing, that's the guy. Um, and I just hope to God it's, it's not that serious. Hopefully him walking off indicates it's more of a hyperextension. Maybe it's a one, two week thing. Um, I don't think you should rush him back. You have a really tough stretch of games coming up that a lot of them, you're not going to be the favorite in. You're probably going to be heavily under, uh, heavily rated underdogs in a lot of those games. So rushing him back wouldn't be the good thing, but we don't know. We just know for a fact it was confirmed that it was a knee injury. Um, and that's just a tough blow. It's just a tough blow moving forward. That's, that's my favorite player in the offense. You know, that's like, that's my Roquan of the offense. So it's really difficult to see. Um, yeah, man, I feel just kind of somber about it because while this was kind of a, a little bit of a refreshing, when, you know, getting to see different concepts, getting to see Matt Nagy, not with his face buried in the play sheet, seeing like things working. And I know it's against an inferior opponent. The lions are very bad. Um, but they also left a lot of plays out there and, and the defense played well. Robert Quinn had a strip sack. He is, he is fucking playing with a different level of motivation. It's like he completely shut every single person that had a doubt about him up. Um, including ourselves, you know, including ourselves. And I, I never thought it was Robert Quinn's talent. I thought it was more the position he was put in. And Sean Desai seems to be kind of unlocking him a bit more, letting him keep his his hand in the dirt. His speed rush is second to none. I mean, the guy just gets around the corner so quick. He's so fucking bendy. Um, so it's good to see him back. But there were a lot of plays left out there because Jared Goff is not a very good player. And he looked a lot better these last three weeks. There's something about Chicago Bear, the Chicago Bears stadium when it's cold and rainy or not cold, but, you know, not Southern California weather. There is something about it because in his two games against the Bears in 19 and 20, he looked much better than the two games he played in 2018 in this past week. There's just something about that weather that does something to him. I, I, I truly believe that because he looked a lot sharper in previous weeks. Now, I will, I will say it's funny you actually brought up golf because I was actually about to bring up a point about that. Um, if you take his fumbles away, he still did. He still did have a decent day against our secondary. He hovered around 300 yards threw two touchdowns. He threw two touchdowns to a wide receiver I've never heard of. So, I mean, they, we certainly weren't perfect on defense. And your boy Quintez Cephas looked really fucking good today. Dude, I mean, he I, looks like he's going to be a player. I really think he is, man. I think, uh, and I don't want to get too far on that point because I could talk about Quintez all day, but, you know, I think he was kind of buried at Wisconsin with just the quarterback situation or like the lack of a passing offense, dude. Quintez Cephas on a big, on a legit team can be a fucking player. And I think he's going to be. He's going to be a great wide receiver in this league. But um, anyway, more to the point is like, you know, you're right. Goff, we usually get to Goff pretty good. And, and I mean, we got him under pressure, which is what caused a lot of those fumbles. Um, the Soldier Field crowd was obviously loud because uh, that one fumble where he didn't expect the snap to be coming. There was obviously something that was affecting that. Um, I, read I hear that's being named the dick fumble as well. Dude, it went to the butt fumble. It definitely bumped right off his dick, right in the Blau <laughs> Nichols hands. Like, dude, I don't know if Blau Nichols has like dick magnets in his hands, but like that shit went right to him. It was it was pretty ridiculous. But um, yeah, I mean, the defense was a uh, you know as much as I as much as we all hate the term, man, it was kind of a bend don't break. 
But if our red zone defense continues to be this good, dude, yardage really doesn't matter a whole lot. As long as we can avoid the big plays and we can stop them in the red zone and force field goals, all our offense has to do is score 24 points a game. You know, I would have liked to see us get to 28. Um, I thought that last field goal that we kicked, I really thought we should have scored a touchdown on that drive. It was a nice methodical drive and we were moving down the field, burning time, but I would have really liked to see it finish with a touchdown. But our defense is keeping us in games right now. Like it's given us a shot. And as Justin Fields gets more comfortable, I really think that's going to be that's going to dangerous. That's going to be a dangerous combo. As long as Matt Nagy keeps his bald fucking head out of the play calling and just lets his guys do their thing. I really think there's a chance to turn this offense around for the rest of the year. I know this is a Detroit line, so I don't want to get too fucking excited about it, but the scheme alone and the balance of running and passing the football was just incredible to see today. Yeah, it was really nice to see. Um, and overall, I think they they handled the Lions pretty well for, for the majority of the game. It, it seemed like the Lions were like how we feel for most Bears games, and that's helpless. You, you put up a little bit of a fight at the end, but for the most part, very helpless. Um, very quietly, I know Deion Bush had a broken coverage for a touchdown. I think both of the touchdowns were actually due to Deion Bush's broken coverages, which, you know, we kind of like Deion Bush, but quietly, quietly had nine tackles today. You know, Roquan Smith had 10 tackles. Al Ogletree had 10. Duke Shelley, I saw really nice things from Duke Shelley. I, the, the arrow continues to point up. I think we have a legitimate nickel corner in him. Jalen Johnson continues to establish himself as one of the best corners in the league. Um, and I'm not even saying that lightly. One of the best corners in the league, no doubt about it. I'd say he's playing at a higher level than Kyle Fuller, even though it would be nice to have Kyle Fuller as the bookend there for one more year. Um, I, I think – we really have something with a couple of these DBs still not really loving what I'm seeing from Kendall Vildor. Not a ton. Um, it's just, I don't know if he has the side. I think he'd be playing a lot better if he was playing inside, you know, if he was playing that slot corner. Yeah. Which that kind of makes you wonder if, you know, while Duke Shelley is a smaller guy, if he could potentially try some reps outside, obviously you can't put him against like a six foot three, six foot four wide receiver on the outside or anything like that, but like maybe potentially speed matchups or something like that. Cause Vildor, when we drafted him was looked at as more of a slot corner. For sure. So, both of them so yeah, we're kind of, we're kind of putting a, you know, a, a square peg into a round hole here, but I, I guess I don't necessarily hate what I saw from Vildor today. He's just not really doing anything too flashy. Um, like I said, our, our secondary as a whole has just been giving up yardage, but we, it's been the whole bend don't break effect, but you know, to that point, I think Sean Desai working with what he has this year, he deserves some credit. You know, I was a pretty vocal guy against Sean Desai week one after what I saw against the Rams, you know, I, I, and I'll, I'll still stand by the fact that starting Marquee Christian was one of the worst fucking mistakes we've ever made. Um, but this, this secondary has been looking pretty well together. You know, Dion Bush gave up that touchdown today and Akeem Tlaib even called him out on the, uh, on the broadcast for that. But even before that, Dion Bush had been solid and, uh, Tashawn Gibson really isn't is really a solid player in that position too. So we've been seeing a lot more out of the secondary than I think we all kind of anticipated, you know. And Duke Shelley, I'm really glad you brought him up. You know, I'm a big Duke Shelley guy. I think every single game he has gotten better, and I yeah. think that trend will continue. He had a really, really nice key pass breakup on TJ Hawkinson. Who, uh, I mean, if you watch TJ Hawkinson at all, I know you guys might not watch a lot of the Lions, but he fucking bullies people. So for someone as small as Duke Shelley to be single covered on him and same thing, Jalen Johnson had a really nice play on TJ Hawkinson as well. I like the way that they were mixing, um, mixing up 
coverages. I like the way that they were not sticking Jalen Johnson just on, well, realistically, who are you going to stick him on? You know, you could try to have him lock down, say, uh, A.J. Brown in Tennessee, but you're not going to have him cover Quintez Cephas out of the slot the whole game. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense. So I do like that they were kind of switching guys up and, and moving guys around, but it wasn't the biggest test. And in terms of the defense giving up yardage, that's just the modern NFL. No one could be overwhelming. No, no one could be that overwhelming where people don't move the ball. The best defense is just get takeaways and make sure that the red zone drives don't turn into touchdowns. They, they turn it into three points. The Bears did a really good job of that today. Um, they had two red zone turnovers. You know, that's that's another thing. Like the Lions really find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. The Lions had more than a chance to make this make this an actual game. And it kind of, they kind of lost it in the first quarter. And I don't mind them going for it on fourth down when they did, but they kind of lost it in the fourth quarter when they went for it on fourth and had a turnover on downs. That was kind of like, okay, you you're, you don't have confidence in your defense stopping the Bears' offense. That is a rough signal. That's a rough sign for the, for the Detroit Lions at that point. Um, but there were plays to be made. Uh, the Bears got out with a win, and it's, it's good to see it. We will see what happens moving forward. Um, I just hope to God this guy doesn't take his play calling back at any point this season. We Dude. saw it come back the last year in the playoff game. I just hope to God he does not take this play calling back because while he does deserve some form of credit for giving up play calling, I, I him taking it back. I mean, we saw it happen time and time again. We saw him give up play calling last uh, last year. We saw when they went more towards the I form in that. Um, Chargers game two years ago. They were running the ball down the Chargers fucking throat the entire game. Every time they went away from it, their drive would stall out. It's like, it's hard for me to believe that he's going to break this tendency for good. Um, But that's for another day because the Bears won. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's, I guess that'd kind of be one of my bigger points before we we end up wrapping this up that I want to make is the fact that we should be happy about what we got from the offense today, but we can't be satisfied. Like we need to continue to see this move in this direction. Like this needs to continue. Like we need balance on offense. And even, even if run plays don't work on first down, dude, still fucking do them because eventually you're going to set up that play action. That's going to have a one-on-one matchup for Justin Fields to fucking expose. You know what I mean? Like I just, I, I don't want to be negative towards Matt Nagy, you know, because I feel like we all talk about Matt Nagy so fucking much as it is. But, like, it, he's the common denominator at this point. Like, I said this to you on Twitter. Like, it's – but it's so fucking true. Like, he is the one constant that every time he moves out of the way, things improve. You know what I mean? It's like, pretty the, telling, too, because it's not like Bill Glazer was this No, it's not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I was looking at a different screen. I thought you were still trying to talk and you paused. No, it's not like Bill Lazor was this crazy good offensive fucking coordinator throughout his entire career. He's just competent. He's just running a competent fucking game plan. That's all it is. It's not like he's some impressive, innovative, like, you know, amazing fucking coordinator. There's a reason why he was unemployed for a full year before he got hired on by Matt Nagy. Well, I'm happy. And and a guy like John D. Filippo can work with quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like he's shown that before. Like I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for you know say what you want about Carson Wentz's injuries. I think he deserves a lot of credit for Carson Wentz and how he's developed. You know what I mean? Like so, there's good offensive coaches on this team. It's just the biggest problem has been the guy at the top. Like if it's like if the head is dead, like the rest of the body ain't gonna fucking move. You know what I mean? So it's like 
yeah, we are. <laughs> I mean, it was great. We saw more. And, and that's the thing about Justin Fields. He doesn't – I know you were talking about him rolling out, making great plays, which he does. But he does not need to roll out to make plays. He can th- distribute from inside the pocket, but we just cannot protect him. Brother, so we drive – listen, and you saw my tweet when I posted earlier. I will fucking beat this to death because of Chris Collinsworth trying to trash him week one. We drafted Justin Fields for his arm talent. His running just happens to be a fucking bonus. You know what I mean? And that his feet can make plays happen. And I understand why he's running so often. But if we ever give him, if we ever get to the point where we can give him a clean pocket and we can scheme with him he, within him being in the pocket, he's going to throw dimes all day. He well, has there, the arm talent to do it. There were a couple max protect deep shots with minimal routes that fucking he distributed from inside the pocket. Like, it's not like he needs to throw on the run. He doesn't always need to be moving. It's just the Bears cannot protect him. So for right now, that's what the game plan needs to be. You need to keep them off balance. So then when you do want to come in and run max protect without a rollout, you can do that, you know, but you can't you can't run five-man protection, scat protection the entire, you know, with static routes. Like, it's just not something that was going to work. We found that out. Uh, hopefully the Bears can keep this train rolling in the right direction because the kid is unbelievable. And just that speed, dude, like he's not a running quarterback, but when he tries to make a break for the sideline, it's like he runs. It's almost like he's at a, a fast jog and then someone will make a bad angle and he gets the corner so fucking easily when he turns on the jets. It's not even fair. Like he is an unbelievable athlete. I am happy that Justin Fields is the Chicago Bears quarterback the arrow will be pointing up from now on, uh, even though these next five games are going to be tough. It's good to see what Justin Fields is going to be able to do battle in some of these games. I would assume I haven't seen the fucking press conference, but I would assume Justin Fields is the starter moving forward. If he is not, that is a fireable offense. Um, and I think that the Chicago Bears PR media department management, everyone is going to be pushing for that. And I don't think that decision's really in Matt Nagy's hands anymore anyways, because it looks like someone took his clipboard. He didn't have that waffle fucking house menu. Not once today, dude, could you imagine the social media coordinator? If they tried telling, telling them to tweet out off the bears PR account that they're going back to Andy Dalton. Like that would honestly be the point where I'm like, you know what? This job's been great, but I think I'm going to quit. Cause there ain't zero, there's zero fucking chance. I'm tweeting that bullshit. And, and to be honest, the Bears offense looked pretty competent in week two against the Bengals, who have proven to be a pretty fucking decent team, um, especially defensively. I think defensively, they're a lot. They have some pieces there. They're not great, but they have some pieces to make plays. It, it was a bit – it did look pretty efficient before Andy Dalton went down. But what we saw today does not compare to it at all. You know, it is, it is just so much, so much more elevated with those deep shots being hit consistently it's not even fair the ba- the Bengals were good enough to drive urban meyer to the bar so i mean they they definitely have some talent on their side um but yeah, that was a great picture yeah oh, oh my god there's a video and everything there's all right anyway i'm not um but yeah no i totally agree dude i i think uh i think the arrow is pointing up like this is this has to and that's kind of what my point that i wanted to make a little bit ago that we need to keep moving here. Like, be happy today. If you're a Bears fan, you watch this game, go be fucking happy. I don't care if you're the most negative person in the world. Like, enjoy this. We're 2-0 and at home. That's a great feeling, you know, especially with everything that's been going around about where we're going to be playing within the next few years or within the next 10 years. I guess it's more accurate. But, like, enjoy this one. But when you wake up tomorrow, don't be complacent. Don't go into that Matt Nagy press conference and be like, don't start buying that bullshit. You know what I mean? Don't start fucking... 
don't let him start talking about how great he is or how happy he is with the offense. Like expect this, expect more from this offense every single week. Like we can't accept these stagnant, stagnant games anymore. Like we have to remember where Matt Nagy was before this game started. Like he was in the hottest possible seat you could be. And minus 200 to be the first coach fired this year. And I don't think that seat's cooled down at all. Honestly, no. if anything, it showed that his fucking game plans are garbage. It's the, he showed that he's a fucking liability. He showed that if he wants to take over the reins in, at any point during a game, it's going to get bad very quickly. So, you he's know, a common it, denominator, baby. Yeah. The more he, I don't think this did anything for Matt Nagy's tenure in Chicago. I, I don't believe that in any way, shape or form. And if it has, then the Chicago bears are going to keep being the Chicago bears and Justin Fields will probably force his way out of the fucking city by the time he has his free agency contract come up. So I don't think it's a worry at all. I don't, I think Nagy's fate is kind of sealed at this point, unless something fucking insane happens, you know, like I, I just, it's, there's been more than enough out there to show us that he's not the guy for the job. Yeah, dude. And even if the offense goes nuts, man, like, and we, even if the offense goes nuts and we find a way in the Nickelodeon bowl or some shit again, because we took him out of the equation. That's what I mean. He's literally like, I guarantee if you asked an honest opinion from some of those players on the sideline, it was probably just kind of sad seeing Matt Nagy just kind of standing around. You know what I mean? Because he, he, he honestly, w- when they showed him on the field, when he wasn't like bent over focusing on the game, he just looked like a kind of sad individual out there, man. Like he just looked like he was so out of fucking place. And like, that's why was- you can't trust him because you know he wants that sheet in his fucking hand. Exactly. You know he dude. wants that sheet in his hand at the end of the day. And I swear to God, he's it's almost like when this offense is going to start rolling, I'm scared that he's just going to decide like, all right, guys, I've seen enough. I, I, I can take over. And I, I can take this. We can take this note. We can take this new levels. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ugh. All right. Bears get a W over the lions. Um, some expected it. I didn't, um, you know, I'm happy that they look good overall. And uh, yeah, we'll be back to you. The bears are playing the Ravens next week, right? Um, I believe it's the Ravens. I believe so. Yeah. Quote me if I'm wrong. Yeah, to look that up because my computer is just the Raiders. We are the Raiders. Raiders. The Raiders. Okay, and that's, that's a gonna tough be, matchup. Uh, that's going to be in Vegas, and then after that, we have the Packers at home. What? What made me think the Ravens? Hmm. Raiders, All right. Well, Ravens. I'm a jag off either way. Um, go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap or follow On Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas on Tap. You could follow me at that handle. Um, last name's Perfetti if you want it. And that pod guy, Duke, Duke Coughlin. We love you guys. Bears get a W and bear down. Um, Beat on 300 actually wanted me to read this message. It says uh, 12 and 0, go Notre Dame. Bear down.